0: Clap this morning. You guys can be seated. Awesome, awesome. Let's pray. Father, how grateful we are for the fact that the debt has been paid in full. And God, we rest in that reality this morning. And we thank you that we're not saved based upon any merit of our own, but saved solely upon the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And God, by faith, we now have been granted righteousness clothed and dressed in the white royal robes of the lord jesus and god we thank you so much for that we worship in that we walk in that reality and we pray now that you'd speak to our hearts and it's in jesus christ's name that we pray and everybody said amen amen well go ahead and open your bibles to second timothy chapter 2 this morning if you're a guest of ours welcome we've been going through a series of messages entitled inspire Uh, literally looking at the amazing effect of motivation. So our goal over this entire month has been that we would increase in our ability to encourage one another in love and in good deeds. Now we began to look at that through Paul's uh, writings to young Timothy. You'll remember Timothy was left to be the pastor of the church at Ephesus after the fourth missionary journey of Paul the Apostle. And he has a difficult road to hoe to say the least. And so Paul writes these letters to be a source of encouragement to him. In fact, you remember Paul the Apostle told Timothy not to get tripped up by haters already. You'll remember there were those who looked down upon Timothy because of his age, but Paul said to Timothy, look, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. You set an example in your speech, your life, your faith, your conduct, and your love. And so he encourages him. He inspires him. And then, uh, just like you and I, we've been given a spiritual gift to exercise in the body of Christ and Whenever times are difficult in our life, oftentimes we just kind of want to throw in the towel and give up. And that was the same with Timothy. That's why Paul the Apostle told Timothy to not give up his gift. So he was to keep on serving no matter what. In fact, Paul told Timothy that he was wired to be a difference maker. You remember that, right? He said, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but one of a sound mind of power and discipline. That's like the three-pronged plug that we plug right into the Lord Jesus Christ and fear subsides as he gives us Holy Spirit courage to do what he's called us to do and uh, man that verse has always been a strong sense of encouragement to me I even remember on one occasion preaching at a men's conference and uh I was kind of the I guess the last guy they called because they had a sharp lineup. they must have been running low and so they ended up uh, calling me at the last minute to fill in and I showed up and man I was nervous as a cat because of all of these great scholars who are going to be preaching and men of God that I've looked up to for years but man it was that verse that came to my mind don't let anyone look down on you because you're young and then also make sure that you do not have a spirit of fear God's not giving you that so you serve and do exactly what the Lord's called you to do that's what Paul was telling Timothy and that's also what I'm encouraging you with this morning and then finally we learned last week that we're to keep on abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ see in Jesus comes the grace that not only saves, but also empowers you and I to do what God's called us to do. So in Jesus comes the grace that strengthens us to serve. And so as we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the root, we bear automatic fruit in our life. And then you guys looked at me crazy last week when I told you this. I'm going to tell you again, give you another opportunity to receive it. And that is that we are called to uh, train others who can train others. And so that's the process of discipleship. That's the process of, multiplying the ministry that we train other people who can actually train others and that's a call upon every single one of us that's what Paul tells uh, Timothy to do in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 uh, whenever he's encouraging him to invest and give to capable men the truth of the gospel so they can move forward and then obviously we got to keep enduring through difficulties listen ministry is not an easy trap it is very difficult That's why Paul even wrote Uh, to the church at Galatia, don't grow weary in doing that which is good because he understood there was some weariness involved it can become tiresome, especially when difficulties come we want to throw in the towel and give up but Paul says no, 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 don't do it and that's what we've been saying to one another over the past few weeks and so this morning we're just going to add two more truths to the eight that we already have which makes how many? somebody add that for me God bless all of you, right? ten. Uh, true. So I'm going to give you two extra this morning. But we're going to find them in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. So if you got your Bible, stand with me and out of God's Word. and Look at what Paul writes to Timothy, and I love this text. He says, uh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately handling the word of truth, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who've gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. Uh, The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels. But also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Uh, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he'll be a useful vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all. Able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And let's bow together again. Father, this morning we um, humble ourselves before you, desiring for you to speak to our hearts. And so God, I pray that you would take the word and you would use it in each one of us sanctifying us, setting us aside as your followers more wholly devoted to your calling upon our life and God I thank you so much for these letters that we have in the scripture that Paul writes to Timothy what a source of inspiration and encouragement to me and to your people and so God this morning I just pray that you would use me as you see fit help me to speak how you desire for me to speak as I offer up this message back to you For your glory and for your name's sake and it's in jesus christ's name that we pray and everybody said amen so you can go ahead and be seated all right so two more truths here's how you can encourage people in the body of christ the first one's pretty simple you can encourage people by just simply saying to them give your best to jesus give your very best to the lord jesus now that's what paul was saying to timothy and here's something that we've already noted from the text of scripture Uh, Paul calls Jesus the master So everybody look at me eyeball to eyeball This is huge Jesus is the master That means you and I, we're the slaves And so as slaves to the master We want to make sure we're giving our very best to him We don't want to be giving the master leftovers All right? We don't want to be warming up old macaroni and cheese And trying to give it to the Lord in service Instead we want to give the Lord our very best And that's what Paul's telling Timothy to do So look in verse 15 of your Bible he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth So let's just kind of go through that uh, verse uh, word by word He first says, be diligent Some translations say study to show yourself approved But the, the word literally means to be eager to be passionate or zealous and So Paul's saying you need to be zealous and then notice what he says to present yourself approved to God So it gives this imagery now that every single day when timothy wakes up he's presenting himself before the lord god and he wants to present himself approved all right that literally means authentic and genuine uh, in other words he doesn't want to be putting on a facade or wearing a mask before god he wants to give his very best to jesus he wants to be zealous in what god's called him to do and so paul says all right timothy you've been gifted as a pastor teacher so you better put listen full intensity into doing what god's called you to do so that you can stand before him approved and then notice the text here he says as a workman who does not need to be ashamed so the workman here it just describes what you and i are we're just workers for the lord uh that's very uh, key by the way we don't just need to be hearers of the word but doers of it and god's called us and god has gifted us spiritually to serve within the context of the body And whatever spiritual gift God's given you to do, you ought to present yourself before God approved. So you ought to be, listen, with diligence doing what God's called you to do. As a workman, fulfilling your Christian duty, God's given all of us a duty in the body of Christ. So we ought to do it, and then notice what he says, and you can do it and not be ashamed. That's the idea of being embarrassed. Uh, So here Paul's saying serve in such a manner that when you present yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not embarrassed by your life. And your ministry I want you to consider that all right I want y'all to listen to me. every day you uh, throw your feet out of bed and you head off uh, the reality is when you wake up in the morning and you take that first step out of bed you are now presenting yourself before God and so the encouragement here is that you fulfill your Christian duty what has God called you to do now God's called all of us to make disciples so we should be sharing Jesus should be leading people into a relationship with Christ and seeing them mature and grow and God's also gifted every single person to serve the body of Christ we've talked about that already but God's given that to you so when you get up and you uh, show yourself to God are you showing a genuine heart are you showing one who is doing what God's called him to do what God's saved him to do listen God didn't save you to sit around and look at each other God saved you to serve in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ And we want to be able to stand before him without shame. We don't want to be embarrassed by our life. We don't want to be embarrassed about our ministry. So Paul goes on and tells him how to do that. Here's what he says. He said, all right, here's how I want you to do it, Timothy. I want you to accurately handle the word of truth. Now, real quick, those two uh, words, accurately handle, it means to cut straight. Uh, Most scholars believe that this is actually a metaphor that Paul the Apostle is using uh, from a stonemason. So a stonemason had a task, he would take a stone and he would uh, carve it out and cut it straight so that it could become a block and you could build upon those blocks. And so now Paul the Apostle is saying, all right, listen, Timothy, I want you to cut straight the word of God. Uh, more importantly here, he's speaking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cut it straight, uh, literally make it straightforward and plain for everybody to understand. And so here, whenever he says cutting straight, he says, make sure you preach the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for our salvation. Make sure you're preaching the burial of Jesus for three days. And then make sure you are emphasizing the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. You accurately handle the word of truth. Bring that truth to bear every single time you exercise your gift. Now I want you to think about that, all right? God's gifted you. You serve in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and you and I together alike must make sure we are accurately handling the Word of God that we are cutting it straight that we are being straightforward with the gospel we don't hide that uh, we don't try to trick everybody we tell everybody the truth the good and by the way gospel's good news uh, when you got good news you want to share that And so that's what we are called to do as followers of Jesus and that's what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do you know, as I think about this, really what he's doing is just saying, Timothy, hey, listen, don't be lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't be sloppy in your study and in your diligence. Make sure you're working hard at what God's called you to do. And, you know, I read over this yesterday and read over it several times this morning. And each time I look at it and look at this text of Scripture, I just, I just want to be like, man, I, I'm praying, God, that I'm not sloppy or lazy. what you've called me to do you know what i'm saying can i tell you all this just for free Uh, a pastor can be the laziest bum on the face of the planet all right and the reason is because oftentimes he can just hang out in his office he can shut his door and close his eyes you'll think he's praying all right my man's sleeping all right and i i figured out real quick that uh, going into the ministry you, you have to be a person who takes initiative who actually works hard at it Because you will fall into laziness if you do not. And uh, I've served alongside people like that, and it blows my mind, right? And ultimately it's because a lot of guys, and I'll just let you straight up know, there are some pastors, they're just getting on the internet and downloading a sermon. And so Sunday morning when they get up in the pulpit and they got their notes, it looks like they've been diligent, but man, no, 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 they just downloaded that, and now they're telling you what somebody else said. Uh, I can't roll like that, are you listening? Uh, I couldn't do that in good conscience That's not presenting myself before God approved, okay? I want to make sure that I am accurately handling the word I want to work hard at it Whenever I stand up to preach I mean, I've got some notes up here, all right? They're typed out uh, But if you Google search them, you won't find them somewhere else And if you do, that dude's copying me Are you listening? So I'm working hard, man, okay? The same thing for you, all right? same thing for you i want you to work diligently at what god's called you to do don't be lazy don't be settling back and be like oh, i'm just tired i got so much going on no no sir give your diligence to the lord give your best don't give your best somewhere else give it to christ whenever you and i do this together uh, it is a great source of encouragement to one another now my man paul's telling timothy this because uh, he wants to make sure he's cutting straight the gospel so he's like, make sure you don't go out there and you know tell people what they want to hear uh, make sure you don't take the gospel and make it fit everybody's lifestyle or even yours but you go out, plain and simple straightforward, you make sure you cut it straight accurately handling the word of the truth now, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, why is he so um, bent or strong on Timothy, making sure he's accurately handling the truth why is he acting like this? Well, here's the reason why, because in the context of this body of belief. there are some individuals who are spreading false theology and it's pretty amazing right because Paul the apostle would y'all agree with me Paul is a bold man my man Paul he writes the letters and he calls people out by name all right bolder than me I've never called anyone out by name while I was preaching are y'all listening but wait till the end of the sermon but he calls them out, and he does so in verse 17. If you're busy, then I'm just kidding. Y'all are all fretting it, right? But verse 17, he says, all right, listen, there's Hymenaeus and there's Philetus. And these two individuals are teaching false doctrine, and they're causing the faith of some to be upset. It literally means to be turned upside down. They're making some people question the authenticity of the gospel, of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, what are they teaching? Well, notice verse 18. The Bible says these men have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place. Now, eyeballs real quick. Resurrection's already taken place. This this bothers them. The reason it's bothersome is because um, these guys, Philetus and my man Hymenius, they, uh, according to most scholars, are from a Gnostic background. Now, just listen, okay. Gnosticism was a false theology that was very popular in the early church. Uh, Gnosticism is from the Greek word gnosis which means knowledge and Gnosticism means secret knowledge so there were some people walking around okay and they were acting like they had some secret knowledge from God so they would come and they'd be like have you heard this from the Lord people like I hadn't heard that before oh well the Lord just hadn't let you in on it yet you see what I'm saying so they were building and puffing themselves up by acting as if they had some knowledge that everybody else didn't have now the Gnostics had this idea that your flesh Uh, literally your flesh your skin uh, what you shave this morning men what you put makeup on this morning ladies your skin is sin that's what they would say your your, your, uh, skin is sin so as a result they began to say the resurrection of Jesus was not bodily there's no way Jesus was raised bodily Uh, in fact Jesus didn't even have a real body Uh, Jesus just appeared to be real Uh, if he had a real body because of their ideology they would say Jesus had sin which by the way incidentally that's why first John opens up where first John says and we have heard the word and we have seen the word and then first John he says it like this and we have touched the word that's the importance on no no he's got a body these guys are going around saying "No, no no bodily resurrection only spiritual resurrection so they're upsetting the faith of some and you can imagine how it would upset their faith because these individuals have turned to Jesus Christ placing all their faith in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross through his burial and through his bodily resurrection so because they have their faith in this and now people are showing up in the context of this little congregation saying uh, and you can imagine right for Philetus he's like hey come here come here let me tell you have you heard this well yeah, I don't know why Timothy's talking about this bodily resurrection but that's not legit uh, spiritual resurrection your body, sin don't even pay attention to that so this theology now is going through the church and it's upsetting some matter of fact uh, bodily resurrection hey can I just say this to you real quick bodily resurrection real important Jesus getting up from the dead bodily massively vital to the doctrine of our faith matter of fact uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 listen to what he says if there is no resurrection of the dead not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised listen to this then our preaching is empty and vain, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is also empty and vain. Now let that sink in for just a moment. If Jesus hadn't got up from the dead bodily, there's no reason for us to get it. I'm just uh, blowing smoke up here. So you can see the vitality of the understanding of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's also why I believe Paul the Apostle is saying to Timothy, you make sure you accurately handle the word truth. You put the gospel out there. I know there's false teaching from these two guys, but you tell everybody the truth. Don't be getting out there wrangling about words. You just tell everybody what's right. And that's his challenge there. That's interesting, right? Because he describes their theology as gangrene theology. Now, do y'all know what gangrene is? I looked up gangrene on Wikipedia. Hoping only to see words, but there were pictures. All right? And so I dry heaved for a few minutes and finally blocked out that big toe and began to read what it was. It is a skin disease that a person contracts and it literally causes your flesh to turn green. Uh, It is a uh, very fast-moving disease. It's a disease that is life-threatening. And here's the deal, Paul the Apostle is saying to Timothy, listen, the theology that these two guys are preaching, it is gangrene. So each ear they whisper into, each heart they try to turn, each person they try to upset their faith, they are like gangrene. They are poison to the body. And then I love uh, my man Paul because he says it like this. Uh, you know, he just says, and he says in that verse, he said, The Lord knows those who are his. Y'all, are y'all with me? Y'all aren't with me. The Lord knows those who are his. Y- you know what Paul's saying? Paul's saying, Timothy. The Lord knows those who are his, and Philetus and Hymenius are his. And then he goes and says, so abstain from wickedness. Now the idea here of abstaining from wickedness means that you stay away from that false theology. That you don't allow that gangrene to grab hold of your big toe. Do not let it affect you. Do not be steered off course. Uh, from the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I love that. That's pretty pretty bold, wouldn't you agree? Right, my man Timothy's like he's receiving this letter. He's like, oh, there's those two guys. Yeah, I knew they were a problem. And then he keeps reading the letter, and he's like, oh, the Lord knows those who are His. I don't know what Paul's saying. He's saying those other two ain't. And then everybody who names the name of the Lord abstain from those wickedness. Now. Um, I want to see how far I want to go with you on this, but I want you to listen closely, all right? The devil is in the process of attacking the New Testament church with false theology. And so the devil's like a bartender, all right? And uh, he turns around. He's got his shelf up there of all of his uh, liquor. And he'll pull a liquor bottle off. And it'll be like health, wealth, prosperity, gospel. Uh, Let me line this up real quick and pour this out. Hey, Hey, drink this, sir. And men are drinking it. And they are becoming drunk on the wrong theology of the devil. And then they're going out doing his bidding. Uh, There's another look about it up there. It says, works based salvation. You can't just be saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. No, no, no. Let let me serve this up for you. And they pour this out. You got to do some things in order to be saved. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to be baptized. You got to join the church. You got to walk down the aisle. You got to do this. You got to do that drink that and people are sipping it down and they're getting drunk on that theology and like a drunken man who cannot contain the words that come out of his mouth nor the walk that he takes so false teachers are drunk on the wine of the devil they don't hardly know what they're saying or where they're walking but they're doing what the devil has led them to do that's what these guys Now here's the deal, all right? I want y'all to listen. Y'all come on in here. I started talking about the devil. Y'all got weird, weird on me, all right? But I want you to listen, all right? If you and I want to be useful to God, then we've got to keep ourselves clean from false theology, all right? Just because my man's on television and he smiles real pretty don't mean he's preaching the Bible, all right? So be careful what you're drinking. Look at this uh, 20 and 21. Look at it. Check this out. In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor, some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now, Paul the Apostle literally speaking here, not of Christians, all right? He's speaking of teachers, because that's the context. So say, all right, Timothy, if you want to be a vessel of honor as a teacher before God, as a teacher to the body of Christ, as a pastor teacher, if you want to be a vessel of honor to the Lord, make sure you keep yourself clean from all that false theology. And that's true of my life. It's true of your life. You want to be a vessel of honor? I think we all do. You know, we look around. All of us are vessels in the Lord's house. So we are knives and forks and bowls and plates. We want to be vessels of honor. The only way we can be that way is to make sure we keep ourselves clean from that which is ungodly so he's saying here don't you get caught up in all their speculations don't you be out there wrangling words and argumentative and acting crazy you clean yourself from that wickedness you clean yourself from that false theology and the lord will use you for his honor that's a um, huge concept you know i'm reading this text and study and i'm like yeah i want to be that guy i want to be A vessel of honor. I don't want to be a vessel of dishonor. Can I get a witness on that? Y'all want to be vessels of honor, right? So we've got to make sure we stay clean. If we're not careful, we can catch gangrene. And if that false theology grabs hold of us, then we're not honorable use to the Lord. Y'all still wouldn't. So it's like, what are you saying, preacher? Here's what I'm saying: Give your best to Jesus what's the Lord called you to do do your best at it be diligent stay clean now here's the second truth all right this is how we encourage each other it's how Paul encouraged Timothy he's basically saying keep running in the right direction keep running in the right direction all right look at verse 22 I like this he says flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness faith love and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart so here again let's just kind of knock out some of these words you see the word flee there it's fuego in the greek new testament it's where we get our english word fugitive so the moment you came to faith in the lord jesus christ you became a fugitive do you know that you're always on the run now so what are you running from you're running from youthful desires and lust it speaks here of unbiblical sexual desires and i'll tell you this listen we're all uh, running from that and listen our culture is pushing, uh, pushing putting it out there in front of us so that we would fall into that category we want to make sure, listen, we're always running away from it. and here he's not only speaking of this but one commentator says uh, also you want to make sure that you're steering clear of hot-headed answers and extended discussions of trivia it can hinder effectiveness not only for youthful uh, individuals but also for people of all ages young men can be characterized by partiality, intolerance, half-heartedness and unwarranted self-assertion uh, these were the qualities Timothy was to avoid so check it out Timothy he's got to be a, uh, a fugitive he's running from something but he's then he's running to something he says pursue righteousness and I like that right this idea by the way of pursue. it means to lean forward to press ahead with all of your fervency and heart and he said here's what I want you to run from here's what I want you to run to run to righteousness that's a morally pure life run to faith That's full confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ Don't anybody sidestep you or get you messed up with some false theology You trust Jesus Then also here, run to love That's an unconditional affection toward others He's speaking about love within the family of God And this is true, right? Uh, How many times have I run into people, and you as well Who have dropped out of church Because of something that was said that was unbiblical They're like, well, I'm not going back to that place I disagree with that, people Listen, don't allow someone's false theology or someone's false statement to keep you from loving God's people and then he says uh, grab hold of peace that's freedom from worry all right I gotta close this down y'all are y'all still with me say yes I want you to see 23 through 26 though this is wild are y'all ready for me to preach this <laughs> this is crazy look at it. look at your Bible Refuse foolish and ignorant speculations knowing that they produce quarrels. Hey, just real quick quarrels there. It speaks of this um, Agitated attitude that I always like to stir up arguments You know what I'm talking about now when I read this to begin with you know I and studied it for what it really was teaching. I remember being in seminary. That's all we ever did We got around with each other and we threw out arguments and we argued with each other about all sorts of stuff And then I read this and I was like well that was wrong The Lord's bondservant. look at verse 24. It's like, let me, let me be real clear. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome. But, but what should we be? Be kind to everybody, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. Now look at the preacher, all right? This doesn't mean we lay down like a mat and let every false theologian run us over. That's not what it's saying. Gently correcting those who are in opposition. In other words, we don't have to beat somebody upside the head with the gospel of Jesus. Just tell them the gospel. Don't get caught up in all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, every time I, not every time, but a lot of times when I seek to share the gospel with somebody one-on-one, they want to talk about all kinds of stuff. Don't even matter. They want to talk about dinosaurs. Well, you tell me about dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs? Why don't we, I'm talking about your soul going to hell, man. If you want to talk about, what do you care about dinosaurs? You don't care. But it's, it's a side, it's just this quarrelsome, right? right? Then I try to share the gospel with somebody, they're like, uh, uh, let me ask you this, you got a problem with drinking? Sounds like you do. <laughs> Why are you so concerned about drinking beer? I'm talking about your soul going to hell, man. <laughs> y'all, y'all all right with me out here? It is amazing, though. But we want to gently correct so just just go forth with the gospel and then check this part out if perhaps god may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses check this out and escape the snare of the devil having been held captive by the devil to do the devil's will now here's what he's saying okay listen to me are y'all with me saying yeah because this is pretty this is pretty heavy right here all right but here's what he's getting at uh, and I, I would just say it to you like this, and I just jotted down in my notes as I was uh, studying this: nobody spiritually is neutral. all right Nobody. Uh, either God is your daddy, or the devil is your dad. All right, those, those are the two categories. You fall into one of the two. It's like not me. Yep. You. All of us spiritually. We're, we're, that's what Jesus said to the spiritual elite, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they came questioning him. He's like, I know who your daddy is. Your dad. And Jesus just telling, them, your dad is the devil you're doing the work of satan the father of lies and that's what paul's saying here here, now this is crazy look at me paul's saying to timothy timothy look don't get sidetracked by these two guys okay because here's the deal the lord knows those who are his these two guys are under the snare of the devil and then check this out and they are doing the devil's will now whenever we talk about the will of god we talk about god's uh, purpose plan and pleasure all right that's god's will god's purpose plan and pleasure for your life god's purpose plan and pleasure for the church When we talk about the devil's will same thing his purpose his plan his pleasure and here's the deal what what god is saying this is this is what drives me like i just berserk, I man it's amazing to thing. god is in the process of calling people into the ministry so he calls men into the ministry to become pastor teachers all right But here's what I want you to know. The devil's got his HR department too. And he's calling men into the ministry. Are y'all listening? So the devil calls men into the ministry. He gets them drunk on his false theology. And then they go out and they are doing the purpose, the plan, and the pleasure of the devil. And so Paul says to Timothy, You go out there, accurately handle the word of truth. The Lord knows those who are is. but you gently correct them with the truth so that hopefully they will come to repentance and be, listen, able to escape the snare of the devil. Now, come back to me. Right in here. Come here, come here. Y'all coming? The devil's your dad or God is your dad? Because some people are like, No, 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 no. All of us are God's children. No. We're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. You've got to be adopted to become God's kid. And you're adopted by grace through faith in Jesus alone. Right, that's how God becomes your daddy. Other than that, the devil's your dad. Now here's the deal. You're doing the will of one of the two. Well, I don't want Jesus. Well, you got the devil. Right? Right. You have Satan. Well, I don't have the devil. I'm not doing what he wants. Yeah, you are. You are caught by the snare. He so got you drunk on his wine, you don't even think you're following. But you are. But you can escape if you'll just listen to the gospel and trust in Jesus. And then he takes you out from the snare of the devil. You come to God the Father. And then God becomes your daddy. Y'all with me? That's pretty amazing, though, isn't it? Uh, That means uh, some of these guys out here on television and some of these guys who are in pulpits today and they're preaching all this mess about money and all this mess about you're going to be rich if you follow Jesus. They're doing the will of the devil. That ain't from the Lord. The will of the devil. (laughs) That gets pretty strong there, doesn't it? somebody who's out there preaching all this stuff you got to do in order to be saved you got to say this you got to act this way you got to be baptized you got to do this you got to do as they've done this careful that's the devil's juice man it's false theology and you know that's what that's what's happening right now right we got 71 in mexico on mission but you know what the majority of the people they'll come into contact with to share the good news of jesus christ have a works based theology if I'm good enough I'll go to heaven where'd they get that? the devil served it up to somebody and somebody served it to them you ever try to get a drunk man sober? ain't easy matter of fact some people say it's a supernatural work. same in this case supernatural god has to do it but he does it through us we give accurately hand the word truth give the gospel out pray god would redeem people and rescue people amen so keep giving your best to jesus all right run in the right direction don't you get caught up on all this unbiblical sexual desire mess all right you pursue righteousness faith love and peace you run after that and you'll be a vessel of honor all right let's pray father we are um, so thankful for our time together this morning help us to grow and help us to uh, mature in our faith and God for those who are drunk on uh, false theology I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would uh, cause them to become sober by just flat out shining the light of the gospel of Jesus in their face so that they might see you for your absolute glory and in repentance come to know you personally God we pray that we don't want to just build straw men and beat them down here at the church we want to Talk about that which is out there But we want to be faithful to cut The scripture straight forward And to put it in people's um, Eyesight And hearsight so that they might come to know the truth Your heads bowed, your eyes closed this morning You might be here today and you just showed up the church You didn't know what was going to happen But you've come to realize That God is not your Spiritual father Well listen, God wants to rescue you He wants to save you from sin, from death, from the snare of the devil and he wants to pull you into his family by grace so here's what he did, all right? he can't just let us in because we've got sin in our life so what God has done is sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin, be buried and resurrected and when we turn from our sin and place our trust in Jesus then we are born again, the Bible says, we're given a brand new life we're adopted into the family of God, we're made right before God by His grace and then God becomes your dad. So if you need that this morning, just right there where you are, just pray something like this as I pray it out loud. You know, the Bible says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord can be saved. So right where you are, just say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. So turning from my sin and placing my trust in you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. And thank you for getting him up from the dead. Now, have to be bold about my decision this morning your head bowed, your eyes closed. If that's the prayer of your heart, first step of obedience is baptism. And so in a moment, we'll all stand to our feet for an invitation. If you've prayed to receive the Lord, you might have to ask some people to get out your way, but you won't forward. I'll be right here in the front waiting on you. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're going to give you a time in the future to be baptized, or God may be calling you to join this church body. If that's the case, you be obedient to the Lord. And Father, the invitation is yours, so we pray that you would work now.